Hello and welcome to the Cracked Real Podcast. My name is Kevin Shields and I did that backwards, but still we're going to keep it going. Uh, this is episode 5, or technically episode 4, part 2, because I did part 1 yesterday when I was talking about the Oscars in a sort of pre-show, and now I'm doing part 2 in a post-show. Although I am going to talk about a couple of other things first. Um, I managed to pick up some Blu-rays that finally arrived today from Amazon Germany, or German Amazon, whatever you want to call it stuff i've been looking to see or to own for a while now i had a copy of one of these before and the other one i've wanted to have because it's just seems to be unavailable anywhere else uh, although there, there is a spanish copy but the, the artwork's kind of shit on this I, I don't like artwork on blu-rays that has too much accolades and fucking star ratings and all that kind of shit it just takes away from it it's like the poster for um paul thomas anderson's the master i don't know why i said his director's name the master um fucking blu-ray cover for that is a lovely poster but it just has a, like a thousand five and four star ratings all around it. it's like i don't fucking need that if you're gonna put that anywhere stick it on the back and let the artwork on the front fucking speak for itself um but yeah uh, the two films i picked up are david lynch's wholesome lovely family disney movie uh and i'm being serious there he actually released that it's called the straight story as a g-rated really wholesome family friendly still retains his style in a way without the nightmare it's like a happy dream instead of a, a horrendous fucking nightscape nightmare scape whatever the fucking word is um that's just a really lovely movie about this old man in his 70s who has a bit of a health scare so with that in mind he decides he's gonna go all across the country in america to see his brother and make amends for a, a falling out they had but his only mode of transport is a really, really slow, small tractor of some sort. I think, yeah, it's a tractor, you can call it. So he's very slowly making his way across America and meeting all sorts of characters. And it's just, I, I don't even know how to describe it. It's just so fucking nice and good-natured and fun. And Angelo Badalamenti, I think that's his name. Well, I don't remember saying Balamen. Dementi or something. I can't remember all kinds of fucking ways of saying it. It's an Italian name. Badalamenti. I think that's what it is. His score, like he's worked with David Lynch on Twin Peaks and Wild at Heart and all kinds of shit. But his score for this movie is just fucking amazing. Uh, and it's one like no one really has seen it. I know. I think Film Four had the DVD out over here. And as I said, there's that Spanish one with the cover that looks all fucked up and actually has a reversed image. But uh, this German one lovely print and it has amazing proper cover on it just the way you need it i mean obviously some of the writings in german but i don't mind that and i'm glad i finally have it on blu right now it was well worth it. i think it was like eight euro or something so well worth it uh the other thing i got was shutter island now i had shutter island on blu-ray before it was a rental copy like i think i talked about before when extra vision was closing down i just ransacked the place of uh, stuff that they were getting rid of cheap because they had loads of stuff without boxes but they also had a handful of stuff that did have boxes but they had these fucking stickers that are glued onto the side properly like you can't peel them off without destroying the packaging and they wrecked my head and the disc was almost see-through with so fucking blank and it just has shutter island written in fucking may as well have been written in biro it just looks like shit so it kind of it's a disappointing copy to have in the collection I, I had other ones i remember actually replacing a lot of stuff i had rental copies of getting proper versions some of them were thankfully in deals so i was able to pick them up cheap um but with that one i want i've always wanted a decent one it has the the normal poster for it of leo's face but 
I kind of prefer something a bit more interesting. But the one I got now is a media book, very similar to the one I have of uh, Once Were Warriors, where it's two discs, really nice looking, has proper artwork on the front, kind of interesting. Like it looks like there's photographs piecing together and a picture of the big mental asylum, and it's just really cool. And obviously, it comes with a Blu-ray, DVD, and a media like a sort of book in the middle, which I can't understand a word of because it's in German but I have that app on my phone where I take a picture of something in a different language and it translates it for me so I can read it that way but it's just a really nice edition and I'm glad I finally have that book I, I do have another blu-ray on the way this week but I'll talk about it when it arrives uh, and I've been looking forward to it because it's one I watched last year I thought was really great and it's one that not a lot of people will have seen or will likely get a chance to see so I'll be doing my best to push that one um so I did have other things I was going to talk about, which have all spilled out of my head, and I can't remember what the fuck they were. Oh, yeah, when when yesterday I was saying I'd try fit in a movie before the Oscars started, I did, and it wasn't Bombshell, it wasn't Harriet, it wasn't any of the documentaries, it was Kickboxer, starring Jean-Claude Van Damme, and I think I made a wise decision, because I was kind of burnt out with just catching up on all the Oscar stuff and I, I didn't have the energy to try to force myself to really watch and concentrate on something that's going to be showing at the festival or at the awards as well. so I just said fuck it I want to watch something fun and I went for Kickboxer because Van Damme movies are fucking loads of fun that one in particular is quite fun although in comparison to Bloodsport it's nowhere near as good Bloodsport is just endless fun and action and it's just much more exciting and I like the music in it whereas Kickboxer it kind of takes itself a bit seriously it has too much of this heart of the warrior mysticism shite going on in it and not enough fucking ass kickings I suppose but there is some weird kind of action side scenes in it that they don't really work but it's uh, it's still fun overall I think if you're going to compare because like, obviously Kickboxer and Bloodsport are what really propels Van Damme um, before like he became a huge star so I think Bloodsport is the, the far superior of the two and they're actually there's a German Blu-ray I'm definitely going to pick up with that I was looking around for Blu-rays of Bloodsport and they all kind of have okay artwork that one does as well but I realised the reverse of it has the original poster which is him doing a big flying kick into Bolo Young's fucking head so that's like like that's the epitome of the Mortal Kombat poster nearly because obviously Bloodsport and End of the Dragon were big inspirations from Mortal Kombat so this with that original artwork I want to pick that up I think it's seven or eight quid as well so I'll be happy to have that in the collection um but yeah that's all that's all I managed to fit in last night before watching the Oscars which I will get to in a minute I do want to talk about one other thing because I just have to look at my embarrassing notes here uh, by the way the the way I'm going to do this because obviously like I mentioned in the previous episode I sort of just have a running commentary on my own face personal Facebook page of the Oscars as I watch it. I don't have the patience to fucking do it on that page and also do it on the Crack Trail page and do it on Twitter or wherever else. I just do it there. And I'm pretty much just going to use that as a basic guideline to discuss everything, just to remind myself of everything that happened at it. I'll probably read out how I wrote some of the stuff too because uh, I think it'll probably put better into words what I was thinking. Um, or that... I don't know whether that's an actual sentence. But uh, the two other things I want to quickly talk about, uh, one of them just involves Blu-rays again and i was just thinking about deals and adverts because on the lazy dad's guide to movies i talked about how 
I found someone on adverts who was selling a whole heap of Arrow video stuff. And they just said that everything in this pile is 15 quid each. And they've had a fucking huge stack. And there was a lot of stuff there that was really good. A lot of it I had. A lot of it I didn't really care about. Or I had better special editions of. But at the top of this pile he had the Candyman limited edition. Which comes with uh, a big lovely hard box on it. (coughs) And it has the uncut version of the movie which you can't get otherwise. And it's so much more visceral and it's better. I don't know why that actually wasn't the normal one. Because I know Thief, like the, the Blu-ray for that has... Or the regular Blu-ray of that has the director's cut, which is the better version. But the special edition comes with the theatrical cut as well. It should have been like that as well. There should have been the uncut one is the normal Candyman. And as a bonus, you get the, the R-rated cut. But obviously, they, I, they, they fucked that up, basically. Um, so this guy had it for 15 quid and I wanted to fucking buy it. But then he obviously realised it's worth and said, oh, I actually sold that. And I thought, he's talking bollocks. Because I went through all his other ads. He didn't have anything about it. There was no questions on that advert. And then I see like a month later, or he takes the ad down. A month or two later, it appears up. He's selling Candyman. He's selling for about 35 quid. I thought, this guy's a fucking cunt. So I've been refusing to buy it off. He's even low at the price. But even if he had it for a fucking tenner, I wouldn't buy it off him because he's such a fucking cunt. But the reason I mention that is because I've, I've just had more issues with people on adverts. They, they think, like when you go to deals, they used to be 150 each, the Blu-rays in there. And they've gone up to 3 euro, which is the most minute like technically it's double the price but it's still a minute fucking price to pay for decent blu-rays of actual good movies and i just find it hilarious the businessmen that you see on fucking uh adverts who they obviously go in and this this is more prominent when they were selling for 150 but you'd see them go in they'd obviously pick up because they have the likes of twilight and lord of the rings and all kinds of shit in there stuff that's really popular pick up fucking loads of copies of them and whatever else is there and they go blu-ray collection for sale 100 euro they have about 10 movies in it and it's just all the deal stuff as if there isn't fucking 20 deals around ireland that people can go in and out of and find all these themselves i mean it's the, it's the equivalent of pound world or was the poundland whatever it is in the uk all the shit you see in poundland is the same stuff as over here although they do get some better stuff there's some fucking really good stuff in poundland i must <laughs> i'd love to actually fucking go there Maybe they have one up north I must uh, investigate. But you see these people doing this all the time. And then, see, the thing, the way I see it is, the people who are still buying physical media at this stage are, experts probably not the right word, but they're, they know the business well. They know what stuff is worth. Because a lot of people nowadays would rather rely on streaming or they'd rather rely on downloads. Or There's not a lot of people buying Blu-rays, especially if it's, stuff that's sought after cult stuff from arrow and wherever else we're gonna know the value i'm not gonna put up an arrow thing and try rip people off because not only is it a conti thing to do but people know what stuff is worth and i know what stuff is worth and it's just so annoying that they put these things up with higher prices or to to think that people are going to be stupid enough to buy them the example i have today is i just went on Advert, some chap is actually selling something I really want for a fiver, so I have that booked to buy. Um, which I'll talk about when the when I get it. And I'll, Actually, I'll have that in the other movie I'm buying, so that'd be a good thing to discuss this weekend. If I ever get around to doing this fucking top 100 movies. Um, and my top 20 last year. I think I might actually just do that as part of the podcast, because I can't be arse fucking writing it now. Um, but I went on, and this guy was selling the Indiana Jones... Or he had three boxes. He had the Matrix trilogy, which they're all the fucking unmastered censored versions of the movie for a start you had the lethal weapon box set which doesn't even have the fucking slip cover on it 
And then he has the Indiana Jones box set. It's a version I do want because they have a kind of cheapo version that they release after they release the first batch. So the first batch will come with a slipcover and kind of a media book look to it and or a digipack. And the version that comes out after that is just a basic box version. So this was the one I wanted. I mean, you'd probably pay an extra five or for it if you were seeing it elsewhere. But he had all this gone for 40 quid and I thought, this guy's kind of out of his mind. You can get all this together for cheaper than that brand new. And I said to him, expecting him to maybe say 12 quid. I said, how much are you selling the Indiana Jones box? If I said, oh yeah, I'll give it to you for 20 euro. I thought, I can buy it brand new for probably 20 euro. And you're trying to fucking sell me one where it's all dog-eared and shit as well. I was kind of, once I actually had a good look at it, because I was looking at it early in the morning on my phone after my eyes were melted out of my head at the Oscars. So but having a proper look at it, I was like, this chap is selling stuff that's in shit condition. They're not even the best editions of them and he wants the same value as what you're going to get on Amazon or whatever else. And I just, you just know these people think that, oh, people know Blu-ray are more expensive than DVD. I think I can scab 20 quid for this. It's like, no, it's not going to work. I always see it happen, but my the most annoying version of that is just those deals people who, they think that they are absolute con artists. They think they've fucking, they've found an untapped market of stuff in deals. No one knows these are here. I'm going to buy all of them and sell them for a big markup on adverts. Every time I see it, I leave a comment and I say, these are in deals for 150 each. Now, they're never happy about it. They often take the ad down and just repost it. But I'm like, they're just fucking tools. I don't know who's stupid enough to actually buy this shit. And if they are if they are stupid enough to buy it, then that's their fault. But, I mean, there's deals all over the country. Everyone goes into deals. Ugh, I'm, I'm digressing here. They're just fucking cons. Uh, the last thing I want to talk about is the duplicate podcast on spotify now when i set this up i posted the rss feed into spotify and for whatever reason it registered as two podcasts so when you searched for it there would be cracked real podcast and the cracked real podcast and each time i'd upload an episode one of them would get the episode maybe 10 minutes before the other one but it was always coming up twice and annoyingly i had several followers on each one and it was really fucking wrecking my head because I, I, it's kind of fucking up my stats then and all the kind of information I had. So I got onto Spotify and they have informed me that they've taken the one with the least amount of followers down. So I did post a link to the, the Crack Trail page saying that if you are unable to find it, well, I suppose if you're searching for the podcast, you'll find it. But if you're not following it all of a sudden, when you did follow it before, it's because you followed the duplicate podcast. So please do follow again and I don't know whether any links you might have sent around are still valid now because they, they wouldn't be working if they're from the duplicate podcast but please do share around the podcast and whatever else but that that's enough plugging anyway so I'm going to talk about the Oscars now so I'm going to do this in two ways I have my for lack of a better word notes that I took throughout the podcast uh, or sorry throughout the the Oscars last night and I do have just a list of all the winners here as well so I suppose the first thing I can say is I can't remember who the fuck that was who came out singing at the start but I kind of drowned it out I was more or less getting a cup of tea and getting ready and to sit down and watch the fucking thing and not really listening to it because it was just cringeworthy um, I was pretty happy to see Steve Martin and Chris Rock come out so one of my friends actually made a point that it would have been nice if they were kind of secretly going to host the show they just came out together to open it and decide you know what we're going to do the whole thing I would have actually preferred that um, 
Although one thing I have to say is it only occurred to me like last night I was thinking it was quite short. I think it was only three and a half hours. It's usually four hours. I think because there wasn't a host, there wasn't the sort of intervals of shy talk. It just really kind of gets, it flies through, which I do appreciate. But yeah, Steve Martin and Chris Rock, they came out. They were funny. I actually enjoyed watching them. And I think they would have made great hosts instead of just fucking being the host for five minutes and then pissing off for the rest of the show. Which I think that's what they said that Ricky Gervais was supposed to do for the Globes. That he wasn't going to come out between each award. Which is kind of unfortunate. I would have liked him to really, really host it and really give everyone a bollocking. But, I mean, he did He did what he did in the, the ten minutes that he was there. So, first award obviously was for Brad Pitt. There was no real surprise there. I'm really happy that he got it. Uh, I would have liked Joe Pesci to take it, as I said. But, I mean, no one's going to be fucking upset that Brad Pitt got away with that. Because he's excellent in it. To be honest, a lot of the, the, the predictions I made were kind of right, as far as I remember. But it's just fucking... It's kind of annoying that there wasn't too many surprises, at least until the end, which I will get to. Of course, the best animated feature then, or, yeah, yeah, best animated film, Toy Story 4, which I was very happy about. Uh, it was a tough kind of decision there, because I know every film kind of had its merits with people. Um, let me have a look again. Because the, the whole... I'm looking at IMDb in terms of how they have their layout for how it is. I think it should be in order of what was actually announced at the awards instead of just all over the fucking place. Um, so yeah, I was... They had How to Train Your Dragon, Klaus, I Lost My Body, Missing Link and Toy Story 4. Missing Link had a lot of praise so I thought it could have been that. Really, it was a mix between Klaus and Toy Story 4 and I think Toy Story 4 was the right decision because it was just fucking superb but had Klaus won I'd have been more than happy because that left a fucking really good impression on me as well um, then you had the animated short I can't even remember what the fuck it was something to do with hair yeah hair love I haven't seen any of them so like the all the live action short animated short and documentaries I didn't see any of that shit so I won't even mention them uh, let me see oh yeah the Adina Menzel or Adele Dazim whatever you want to call her she came out and did music from Frozen 2 which uh, I mean obviously I didn't really give a bollocks about but what I thought was quite oh I was surprising was I left the room for a minute and I came back and it sounded like the speeches of Hitler set to inspirational music and that's when I realised when the generally unbearable Josh Gad was introducing the song he mentioned how Frozen both Frozen 1 and 2 were dubbed in different languages all over the world so it's like a, it explains why it's such an international hit but they had every you know I, could, I don't remember the names it could be Elsa is that the name they had all the women who dubbed Elsa who sing all come out and did a verse from the song in their language from all over the world which I thought was a good idea yeah, a friend of mine mentioned uh, how he understands why I prefer the Independent Spirit Awards because of how dull this is and it's like not, not exactly wrong Keanu Reeves came out then he was kind of an awkward scene between was it Annette Benning he was with I could be wrong or Diane Keaton actually I think it was Diane Keaton he came out with but it just seemed like they were trying to do this quirky awkward dialogue but it just looked really shite and that, that's what I fucking hate about the Oscars I mean that Independent Spirit Awards I'm not going to go off on that again but non-stop just natural crack people having fun it didn't feel like they were like okay i have this thing i've prepared i have to go out and say it and do it right it's just like look we're all here we're all having fun that's how it fucking should be then bong joon ho he won the best screenplay i uh 
there was a lot of good choices there. I would have been happy with Tarantino walking away with that, but I mean, Parasite is another level really in terms of just creativity and what was going on. So I was more than happy that he got that. And that was the, the first of many, which I'll get onto. Taika Waititi then won for Jojo Rabbit. I did enjoy it. I thought it was quite good. I don't know. Again, I don't know what they're adapted from or the source material or how accurate they are or any of that shit. But I would have liked to see the Irishman win because the script for that and was just or the screenplay for that was just fucking tremendous. And the clip they used in particular was a good example of just how kind of funny it can be as well. And I'll get on. I'll get on to the, the clips now in a few minutes because fuck me, they piss me off big time. Uh, oh, this was really strange. Uh, now I think if you've seen the Peanut Butter Falcon, which was a really delightful, entertaining movie that came out last year with Shia LaBeouf. And I'll get this guy's name now. But the plot of the movie follows Shia and Zach Gottsagen, or Gottsagen, I'm not sure how you pronounce his name. It's basically Zach Gottsagen, he lives in a, a home. It's actually, he lives in an old folks home uh, and he has Down syndrome. And he's has the dream of becoming a professional wrestler and decides he's going to escape with the help of Bruce Dern and pursue his wrestling career because he watches this guy what's his fucking name Thomas Hayden Church he's like this professional wrestler he watches his videos all the time even though they're like 15 years old and he just wants to go and pursue that life and I think he's maybe in his like 20s or something I'm not actually sure how old he is um, but on his journey he finds Shia LaBeouf who's also on the run from a lot of meth heads and the two of them form a bond and become best friends and it's a really nice film if you didn't know that, this would just look like the most awkward sort of Make-A-Wish Foundation thing ever. Because Shia LaBeouf came out with Zach Gottsagen. I think I say his name. And Zach, or what's his face? Shia LaBeouf just looked really awkward like Zach was going to fuck this whole thing up. And he just had to read out the... What, what fucking award were they actually introducing? I don't have to remember that. Um, I actually can't remember. Oh yeah, it was for production design. And you could see Shia LaBeouf was kind of nudging him and being like, please don't fuck this up. And I think he ended up reading out the uh, the winner for him. But I think if you didn't know the Peanut Butter Falcon was a thing, you'd probably be looking at this going, what the fuck is going on? And there's another incident later which is similar involving Eminem, which I'll get to. Um, which I think, for me anyway, I didn't have a fucking clue what was going on. I had to have explained to me why the fuck he was there. But obviously for production design, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood won that absolutely no surprised and i mean the level of detail in that film is totally unmatched there's not a single thing in that film that's put there accidentally it's just so fucking well done and i was really glad that that won that Kristen wig and maya rudolph came out then and did something that was actually quite funny and i was worried it was going to go down a big smug fucking buzzwordy messagey kind of thing because i mean there's always going to be that kind of shit at these award shows uh, obviously this award show had that stuff going on it wasn't as I suppose prominent this year which thank fuck because it's just embarrassing so they went out and did something that was quite funny without the need for buzzwords and fucking nonsense so I was happy with that although everyone seems to be making a meme out of Billie Eilish who she's like has a face on her like what the fuck am I looking at here it's like well ugh, she, she annoys the fuck out of me anyway and I'll get to her too so Little Women then won for the costumes and there's no fucking surprise there. I mentioned yesterday the level of detail and colour coding and stuff that went on with that. And that, that was an Oscar that while anything up 
for them would have been a nice surprise for them. That was the one that they fully deserved. All I have written down here as a note is who the fuck is this? And that's for someone who just came out and started singing at me. And I was like, I don't know what the song was. I don't know who it was. They just appeared and started fucking singing. And it was horrendous. And there's a nice cutaway to an owl in the audience where everyone's clapping and cheering. And he's just sitting there with a big, confused, unimpressed head in him. All I have in this next note is, here we fucking go. Which is not a positive one. It's more just, oh, here we go. They're going on the whole fucking shoving messages down your throat thing. And it was their way of introducing the documentary. Now, obviously, I don't know what was up for documentaries, but the whole thing was like, oh, you can tell stories and shape the world, and it just, it was just the most typical fucking, ugh, I don't even want to get into it, it's a lot of bollocks. Um, Mark Ruffalo there scoring some brownie points by mentioning female directors, and just stood there smug waiting for an applause, which came later than it should have. And then for this documentary short, you had these two bald people that came up, I was, I was wor- worried for a second I had cancer. I don't think they did. I think they just decided we're going to go bald in life. And uh, it's an old woman and an old man. And the way I described them was they looked like the villains from Dark City to come up and accept some awards. Uh, but it also kind of looked, once the light really hit them on stage, it kind of just looked like a weird trailer for Coneheads 2 without any comedy in it. So, uh, and the, or no, that was for the, the main documentary. I think the, the short documentary was about these... Uh, little girls are learning how to skateboard in war-torn countries or something like that and uh, the director won that but she didn't skateboard up on stage which I thought was a missed opportunity Mahershala Ali came out then to introduce an award for I think it was Best Supporting yeah he introduced Best Supporting Actress he should have come out in a full blade outfit which I think would have been very soothing for the Oscars sword and all and throwing garlic and whatnot into the crowd Um. The most obvious choice for winner there was Laura Dern. And she gave a nice shout out to, to Bruce Dern as well. I would have been happy with Kathy Bates winning it. But I mean Laura Dern had it in the bag. And it's a well deserved win. So can't complain there. Um, and I mentioned already about their little reunion with Nick Cage. and uh, Or Laura Dern's reunion with Nick Cage and Willem Dafoe at the Spirit Awards. So that was interesting. Uh, now this was the weird part. The first thing that came to mind was I haven't watched 8 Mile in years. I fucking really liked 8 Mile. I remember loving it years ago. I want to watch it again. And Eminem comes out then. They're, they're showing like a clip from 8 Mile because they were showing all the music of the Oscars from or memorable music scenes. Although one of the music scenes was shite. They were showing all the really good ones and then they showed like some fucking movie in the middle. Um, I can't remember what it was. But then Eminem comes out on stage and performs Lose Yourself. And I was wondering, why the fuck is he performing this? What First of all, why is he performing at the Oscars? Why is he performing this song? Now, apparently he... I think he won an Oscar for that song back in 2005, I want to say. I feel like that's when that film came out. 2004, 2005. And he didn't think he'd win. He never showed up and ended up winning, apparently. I could be wrong. But... It's like they're just going, oh, well, you didn't get to perform it back then, so here, come back 15 years later and perform it now. Which is just bizarre. It just felt so fucking out of place. And particularly when you're watching it on ABC as well, there's fucking... They were, it's like they were trying to predict when he might swear, so they just the audio would cut out now and then. It was very fucking annoying. Um, but he, re- he looked fucked by the end of it. It didn't look like he had the same energy he once had, because I know he's older now, and he has that fucking borrowed on beard that he uses but it's just 
it felt so out of place. He didn't put in a very good performance at it. You could actually hear that they, they had the the song playing just regularly and he was rapping along with it. Because there's times where he takes the microphone away from his mouth and it's still be singing. And it was just it's like a, a half lip sync or something like that. It's just it was just odd. Um following that I just have written down here AIDS. And the reason for that is because I think there was three or four HIV adverts for on ABC between each fucking award that was given out. So I was just like, this is bizarre. So AIDS. Um, then we got to the sound stuff. Now, Le Mans 66 won for, I think, sound mixing, which it fully deserved. Or it could have been sound editing. Well, between sound editing and sound mixing, both Le Mans 66 and 1917 took those. Both fucking totally well deserved but this is where i started to fucking get annoyed with the clips they were shown because i'm not even going to explain what they show but when they're when they're showing the clips between Le Mans 66 1917 whatever else is shown at it they showed a clip from once upon a time in hollywood which is completely ruins one of the key scenes of the movie and it's not the fucking first time it happened either but boon bong uh, bong joon ho has said that he wants people to not spoil the second half of the movie. He wants any detail that is of it online from that movie in the trailers or whatever else should be the only stuff that people see. Everything that comes after that, he wants to be a nice surprise. They fucking show some of the most important key scenes from later on in that movie. The the parts of the movie that are that really change what this movie is all about. They're showing scenes from that. And I'm sitting there going, whoever's in charge of this fucking thing is a moron. And they do the same with Joker. The Joker, probably the climax of that movie, they show that scene. And I'm wondering, like, I know the people who were there, they'll probably have seen all this. The Academy have seen it, whatever else. But the people at home might not have. And you're ruining this shit for them. And it's fucking infuriating. It's like just like a big spoiler fest. It's cuntbaggery of the highest order. But anyway, Le Mans 66, 1917, both totally deserved the award for sound. Uh, Bandy Newman came out then and started playing a song. Roger Deakins took away the award for cinematography. Fully deserved. I would have liked Robert Richardson to take it for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. But I mean, Roger Deakins is a fucking... He's on another level. And what he did with 1917 was fucking superb. Um, And then Le Mans 66 takes the editing award. Totally fucking deserved. I thought everything that was up for that did a very good job editing-wise, but this was fucking... Especially in the on the big screen, it's just... Everything just keeps you completely focused and on edge the whole way through. It's just brilliantly done. Tom Hanks came out then, and just was very Tom Hanksy and delightful. So I can't remember what his whole reason for being out there was. But he was out there. Then Cynthia Enviro... I, keep, I don't know if I'm ever fucking pronouncing her name correctly, but she... I finally got to hear the song she sings and she just proves that she's multi-talented. Her fucking singing voice is unbelievable. So, in terms of acting and now in terms of singing, she's fucking top class. So, she's definitely one to watch. Although, like I said, I still haven't seen Harriet. But, she's one to keep an eye out for. American Adverts, the way I described this was it makes it feel like I have a Connolly of earwigs treating the inside of my head like a buffet. And that's true because every single fucking ad that came on American channels just made me feel... 110% stupider like it's beyond me how fucking bad those adverts are badverts I call them um, and I've always found it hilarious too is when it's a fucking ad to do with medicine or something uh, the actual the original short film 
that inspired side effects, the Steven Soderbergh movie, was just this two-minute advert about how all the side effects that come along with it. And it just lists a whole lot of stuff and it gets progressively more demented with this, the side effects of this thing. And some guy starts brushing his teeth, but he accidentally does it with a, a razor instead of his toothbrush. It's just an idea that you're going to start losing your mind on all these drugs. But it's hilarious to have people running around smiling and having a great family life and it lists about a thousand horrendous side effects of taking this fucking hair growth medicine. And it's just, it's just the most demented shit ever. I remember The Simpsons actually did it, something like uh, this hair Rogaine type thing is, uh, may result in loss of scalp and penis. And it's exactly the kind of shit that would fucking happen. I was happy to... Oh, God. I was half happy. So, Rebel Wilson and James Corden came out. And they were both dressed as their characters from Cats. And the actual sketch I thought was funny. And Rebel Wilson does have a charm to her. But I just fucking hate James Corden. He's the most insufferable fucking horrible cunt ever. He wrecks my fucking head. And just seeing a lot of people are saying how funny he was I was like no I'm giving all that credit to Rebel Wilson because I like her he's a fucking cockbag so fuck him and his input on the joke was as far as I'm concerned not there it's all her so fuck him but I do like that they were able to take the piss out of the movie cats and themselves because they introduced the visual effects award but I'll tell you what I, I the winner for the visual effects award was 1917 and like I said it's it looks fantastic and all but I think both Star Wars and Endgame were fucking vastly superior in terms of what they did with visual effects. A lot of this, a lot of the stuff in 1970 would have been subtle. I mean, it still looks great. It'd be subtle. They'd be doing a lot of hiding, like especially with the long takes. But some of the stuff they achieved, especially in Endgame, was just fucking outstanding. I think that should have taken it. Um, I mentioned what shite hawks they are for spoiling so much on the clips. So, oh yeah. This was uh, interesting as well. So, Parasite won Best Foreign Film, which now they've thankfully changed to Best International Film. So, that'll cover a lot more range now, I think. Um, but it was the first first foreign film to win under the new title of International Film Award. And, I mean, there was nothing else that was going to be in it. Like I said, the, maybe the closest thing that would come to that would have been Pain and Glory. But Parasite was just... Parasite just owned it. There was no way that was going to lose. But I think myself and a lot of others thought, okay, that's the end of the Parasite wins for the night now. They were happy with it. I was obviously happy with it. But what came later was a big surprise, so I'll get to that. They played some of the score for Marriage Story, or I think, who was it? I think they had an orchestra come up and they played bits and pieces of each song, something like that. Oh no, I skipped a few things here. Um, oh yeah, Elton Johns came out and played his song, and I think he won. Did he win his award for that? I don't know whether he won it just there. But yeah, Elton John came out and played his song. The song I, when he started playing, I actually recognised it then from Rocket Man. Um, but again, it just to me was fucking sounded like just one of his old songs that I hadn't heard before, so I didn't know it was even a new song. Uh, then you had I'm trying to remember who it was I know it was Sigourney Weaver and oh yeah Sigourney Weaver Gal Gadot and Brie Larson all came out and I can't remember what they introduced I'm trying to see now but yeah they they came out and they just they, they said something that just sounded so fucking stupid 
and I was just imagining had a bunch of lads gone up and said this it would have been the most cringeworthy thing ever but they, they went up and they were talking about how they were all in superhero movies so you obviously had Ellen Ripley with Sigourney Weaver you've Captain Marvel with Brie Larson and you've Wonder Woman with Gal Gadot and they just said something that all women are superheroes and I thought no they're not loads of women are pieces of shit loads of women are absolutely fantastic the same way loads of men are pieces of fucking shit and loads of men are fantastic no one's a fucking superhero not everyone is a superhero it's just it's such buzzword pandering shies to hear and it was just they went up there the same way Mark Ruffalo did just to get a nice big round of applause by going look what we said it's it's that virtue signaling shite which you expect all the time at these awards no one's there to fucking hear that they want to hear about the movies so pandering shite out of the way it moved on to i had the score for marriage story and then oh yeah best director now this was fucking crazy bong joon ho took that as well everyone was expecting sam mendes I was kind of hoping for Quentin Tarantino, but it was it was pretty much a toss-up between those two. Bong Joon-ho, especially with the track record in the Oscars when it comes to uh, foreign film winning, if it wins foreign film, it's kind of a write-off for the rest of it then. But he ended up taking Best Director as well. Now, that surprised a lot of people. I thought, wow, they, they really showed some balls there. Fucking, I thought Korea would probably be doing a collective backflip. I thought, that's going to be it for Parasite. And I was happy about it. And actually, I put a screenshot here. Some fucking cunt. Uh, I don't know who he is. His name is John Miller. He's a Miller Stream is his name on Twitter. But he has a, a check mark, so obviously he's somewhat famous or he's some commentator in some way. But he put up this tweet, which just made my head turn fucking inside out. He said, A man named Bong Joon-ho wins the Oscar for Best Original Screenplay over Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and 1917. His acceptance speech was, great honour, thank you. Then he proceeds to give the rest of his speech in Korean. These people are the destruction of America. What kind of cunt face do you have to be to vote something as stupid as that? This, I don't even know why this guy watches the Oscars. He looks like a complete fucking pillock in his fucking LinkedIn profile picture is what he has as his Twitter page. He's a complete fucking goon. It's one of the stupidest things I've ever fucking heard. How are they the destruction of America? I'm not even going to get into this because I'm going to be here fucking all day talking about what a fucking moron he is. But this is the kind of thing that it's, it's straight racism. <laughs> There's nothing else that could be fucking said about it. This guy is a complete moron. And he obviously hasn't seen Parasite because if he had, he'd understand that it is well deserving of the best original screenplay. And like I said, I would have liked Once Upon a Time in Hollywood to get it. Why fucking 1917 is there, I don't know. I wouldn't even call that a good screenplay. It's all to do with the experience of that film. Which I, I covered in the last episode. But yeah. That was just something from some fucking cunt on Twitter put up. Ignore him. Well now that I've already given him loads of attention there. But you know what I mean. Uh, then came the fucking memorial part. Okay. You had Billie Eilish. Which sounded like she had just fucking woken up. From a long fucking night of drinking. I don't get people's fascination with her. At all. I don't think her voice is good. I think she's fucking annoying. And I think... That song, or she did, uh, what the fucking song did she sing now? Was it Memories? Hmm. I actually don't remember what song she fucking sang now. I just kind of blocked it out. But they, they did the memorial. And they forgot, first of all, Sid Haig, which is one of the key people in independent cinema in the last 60 fucking years. He was just a vital part of all these fucking different movements in cinema 
and working right up until the end of his life he should have been getting a nom- or not a nomination but a nod at this they kind of saved all the kind of big ones they did give Terry Jones uh, an odd which I was happy with but they showed fucking or they didn't have Jamal Vincent and most importantly they didn't have fucking what's his face Luke Perry Luke Perry is in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood a movie that's nominated for several Oscars who died last year and they didn't even fucking include him in their Oscar lineup. I know there was some more I'm actually forgetting some of them now I was actually surprised with two things. First of all, I totally forgot about Rutger Hauer. Completely forgot. That was actually just a second bit of devastation because I was like, oh fuck, I really like Rutger Hauer. I completely forgot he died. Even though I did a memorial thing on my Cracked Real page. Um, and then I was thinking to myself, would they have Kobe Bryant on this? I mean, I know he's not an actor. He's not really part of the movie industry. So I thought. But he was the first person they had on it and he's holding an Oscar. And I thought, when the fuck did he win an Oscar? And apparently he did a live action short film. He was part of that. and Or it could have even been a short documentary. I didn't really look into it. I just know that he was involved in something and won an Oscar for it. So I thought that was really surprising. So, and I think, who was it? Someone gave a shout out to Kobe Bryant as well. I think, I know Spike Lee, I think he had his outfit was a reference to him. Maybe it was the people who won that hair thing. I can't remember, but he got a few uh, nods throughout the thing. But yeah, Rucker Hero was a surprise. After that then you had Best Actor. This was something else. Right. Joaquin Phoenix won it. I think most people figured he was going to win it. I would have preferred Adam Driver. I think he deserved it more. Joaquin Phoenix still undeniably a blistering, fantastic performance. Definitely deserved it. Then he comes out and does a speech. And I genuinely think that he, he might have been having a stroke on stage. And was just speaking complete fucking gibberish. He talked so much bollocks that it was the most, like I said, pandering, buzzwordy shite, which then had this weird... He started talking about how we fucking... As people, we breed cows and then steal their milk and all this kind of shit. And I don't know whether he was trying to do another one of his fucking vegan statements or he was just coming up with some metaphor that was just completely insane. But he goes on that fucking tangent and then he finishes his speech quite well by talking about how he got a second chance and people shouldn't be cancelled and on their past mistakes and all this kind of shite and I thought that was a good fucking part of the speech where was that why didn't you just say that at the start instead of not like making people think you're completely insane and then going off and saying something smart and then he gave a little tribute to River Phoenix at the end as well which was good but I actually I my brains were turning to scrambled eggs listening to the fucking shit he was saying it's just I don't understand it I mean it goes to show that People that you might love as musicians or actors or whatever else. In real life they can just be fucking annoying pompous dicks. And it's a shame. I really like Joaquin as an actor but he just. He sounds like he lost his fucking mind. And again a friend of mine reckons that it could have just been him doing it to wind people up. In the same way that he pretended to be a rapper for I'm Still Here. He reckons it could be on that same level. And I mean it could be. It's possible. I really don't hope. I, I, I don't know. I hope it is. I prefer if it was because I could then start to have respect for him again because he's just the office fucking tits. Yeah, Renee Zellweger then. She won for Judy. That was pretty much a shoe in. I'm personally surprised because Scarlett Johansson was fucking incredible in it. Uh, and you see a lot of the publications. You see these fuckers from the Irish Times and all and wherever else whinging that Sir Sharona didn't get it. And it's like, look, it goes to the best fucking actress. It shouldn't just go, well, she's Irish, we have to support her. Yeah, she's Irish. If she was the best actress 
in that lineup, I would agree. But she wasn't. So everyone whinging that Saoirse was robbed and all this kind of stuff. No, she wasn't. The one who was robbed is Scarlett Johansson. She put in the best performance as far as I'm concerned. So you should be whinging about her. Um, let me see. I Again, I complain about who chose the fucking clips of the movie and what cunts they are. And then Oscar history is fucking made here. When it came to best picture, as I said, all in the lead up it was looking like Sam Mendes for best director and then for 1917. And I was hoping again, Tarantino, once more time in Hollywood. Bong Joon-ho fucking wins, or Parasite, sorry, wins best picture. And the whole fucking clan get up there. And I had never seen it before. It was the first time, it was actually the first time in history that a international or foreign film has won best picture. I don't know if it was the first time they were both nominated now, but it was definitely the first time it was won. So he really, like, that's a proper surprising sweep of the Oscars for him. And I'd say there's, I don't even have to say he'd be delighted. There's clips of him practically pinching himself, looking at the Oscar and just bursting into laughter because he's like, I can't fucking believe this. Totally well deserved. Really fucking glad he won it. And I actually, I, I really want to revisit Parasite now. I absolutely adored Parasite. It's a phenomenal movie. I've been singing its praises ever since seeing it and I want more people to see it. Uh, my brother made this point that Odeon are going to look like such fucking cons for not showing it and instead having Birds of Prey on in three screenings. See, they, I think they have an IMAX, iSense and another screen. And it's like, you should be showing these fucking movies. And this comes from Odeon. The cons who say they're fanatical about film. They aren't. They never were and they never are going to be. They're the most mainstream, don't really give a bollock. Their idea of film is bit of popcorn sitting there with a fucking hot dog and a big drink. I was like, God, that's that's what film's all about. It's like, no, that's what fucking merchandising and mainstream cinemas are all about. They don't give a shit about movies. They should be showing Parasite, but they know that people would be fucking petrified of seeing subtitles. And it's surprising because there have been times that Odeon have got the finger out and have actually shown stuff. They did a double bill of the Raid movies before with subtitles and that was an absolute first. I couldn't fucking believe it that they were showing it. So something as big as this, something they should have been giving attention to and they should have had in screens, even with all the bills that was coming along with it with all these other award shows, they're, they're going to be scrambling now trying to get a copy of that movie. Cineworld's already shown it because Cineworld are great for showing that stuff and obviously the likes of the IFI and the Lighthouse are going to be showing that. If you can see it on the big screen, make it your mission to because it is absolutely superb. Well-deserved win. As I said, I've repeated myself a thousand times here, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was my favourite of that year. I would have liked to see that win. But Parasite, I mean, I think that was in my top five of the year. It's incredible and absolutely deserving of what it won in there. And yeah, I think for, I mean, it was a tough year because everything that was up for this year's Oscars was good. Or no, well, more than good. They were all great in some way or another. And every year there's usually one or two films you're like, why the fuck is that nominated? It's the, the, the token fucking Denzel or token Meryl Streep movie that they have to give an Oscar nomination to. You're always just expecting that. I'm amazed Meryl Streep wasn't given a fucking supporting actress award now for little women because you know what they're fucking like they just want to force feed her awards that she's shitting them out but this year was a, a year where just everything was top tier and it kind of it restored well first of all it restored my faith in movies in general because like i said 2019 was the the best decade or best year of the decade for movies and that was probably the most entertaining oscars there was still the usual pandering virtue signaling crap and awkward jokes and all that kind of shit 
but it was very minimal compared to other years i feel like they're kind of they're focusing more on the movies what they were talking about up on stage was more about the movies and i really appreciated that so obviously now i'm going to be watching the independent spirit wars every year because they are such fucking good crack so that's a double build then each year i'm going to hopefully continue with the oscars i mean they've made a good impression on me this year next year hopefully they'll rank me back and keep me for another decade before i decide it's fucking gone shite again but yeah i think a lot of my predictions if i remember them correctly which i probably don't were actually quite right so obviously i didn't talk about the live action or the shorts or documentaries or anything like that as good as they're meant to be i don't think i missed anything else i talked about the best song oh about yeah Elton john won for that that i'm gonna love me again song pretty good oh yeah the makeup and hairstyling this was a fucking strange one because i've spoken before how it's a weird award to give when i when i think of makeup and hairstyling that should be the likes of maleficent winning that for prosthetics and interesting designs and shit that you on faces not just oh we made these actors look pretty for this scene bombshell won for that and as far as i'm concerned now i haven't seen it i can't actually give an accurate answer but from what i've seen from the movie it just, just looks like a lo- load of fucking newscasters just looking lovely in, in the, on the news the way they're supposed to. Instead, it should have gone to Maleficent, which looked like it put in some real interesting work. Um, yeah, I think I covered everything else. Yeah, it was an interesting year. I had a lot of fun watching it, mostly because I had been able to keep a, a, a live commentary going on Facebook and with some other people I know who stay up and watch it each year too. So it, it, it made me feel way less alone sitting there talking shy about it. Because it would have just looked bad if it was just my head peering with all these quotes. Although mostly it is. But yeah, if you uh, enjoyed listening to the first half of this, thank you. I hope you enjoy listening to this half. This is shaping up to be my shortest episode. I f- feel like I'm patting myself on the fucking back for this. But it's uh, it's focused. I think if I have a bit of focus, I can shorten down a bit. Although, as I said, with this potential two-part top 100 of the year coming up, or of the decade, it's it's... It's going to be fucking long. <laughs> I just know it is. I'll try to limit myself to like two mo- two minutes per movie or something like that. But I actually know I'm not even going to try to promise that. Because I, I know I won't fucking stick to it at all. But if you enjoyed listening to me talk about the Oscars. Um, I hope you'll enjoy it again next year. Because well this podcast will definitely be running for that long. Because I plan on doing this for a long, 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 long time. And I was just thinking I should have done that. Who sings that fucking song? No, I can't even think of it. It sounds like a reggae song. But, yeah, this went well. Uh, Or the fucking awards went well. I was happy with them. If you listened all the way through this as well and you enjoyed listening to the first half, thank you very much for listening. There'll be more coming this weekend. I'll be talking about some of the Blu-rays I got. I'll probably end up getting more, knowing me. And I'll talk about some of the new releases I saw. And I'm going to try get that fucking two part or maybe i could fit it into one part who knows i'm not i'm i don't want to promise anything like that um because i'll end up limiting myself in some way i want to be this to be as free flowing as possible which is kind of the number one goal each time but i do i will be having my top 20 of last year and my top 100 of the decade they are coming soon i might fit a regular podcast in between them we'll see i'll see what annoys me in the next week or so but until then thank you very much for listening I have a lot of people actually I've been getting such great feedback from people and I really really appreciate it like even if I don't sound like I appreciate it I really fucking do it's great that people are actually interested in listening to this so thank you very much and do share it around if you can 
and yeah, you're all cons. Thank you. Goodbye.